Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. <laughs> um, Kayla, you're the best. You're the best around. If you ever need me to lead worship for you, just uh, you know, let me know. <laughs> no one said anything. <laughs> What's going on, Coastline? How are y'all doing this morning? Our lights are kind of funky. I'm going to try to get into the... One that doesn't look like I'm two-faced or anything. You guys see me all right? You guys having a good weekend? Yeah, everybody having fun? Man, I woke up this morning, it's like perfect sailing weather. It's like blowing 30 miles an hour or something like that, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so uh, y'all be careful out there. Hopefully the chilies don't, uh, don't blow away or anything while we're in here preaching. I'll try to keep it short. Um, Today I'm excited because I'm in part two, and actually this is a short series. We're finishing up a series we started a couple uh, just last week called "Committed." We're talking about when yes means yes. You know, I think when it comes to uh, us, uh, us as followers of Christ, us as humans, I think uh, com- our commitments are important. I feel like culture's kind of gotten to the point where uh, you know we kind of go willy nilly and do whatever the heck we we want. Uh, coming out of COVID, we had this great scapegoat that was that was COVID, where we could tell our friends and family, "Sorry, I can't come." You know, I'm not feeling good. No one ever did that here, right? Nobody lied and and used COVID as an excuse. Yeah, because we're all real real good Christians. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but no, we're kind of to the point now where like there's a little bit of a sense of norm, just a little bit coming back. We don't want to like call it that because we don't want to scare it away or anything. But we're getting back to life where we can make our commitments and follow through. And I'm not even talking about commitments to church or anything. I'm talking about commitments like to one another. I I believe that we're in a time in our culture in which our commitments, uh, whether it comes to uh, just us giving our word to somebody or us and the commitments we make with our spouses, the commitments that we have to our families, the commitments we made in our jobs and our workplaces, I believe that is, is under attack. And I don't think that's the way that God wants us to live. The Bible is very clear. It says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so for the past couple of weeks we've been, or the past, last week we talked about and this week we're going to talk about uh, how do we get back to the sense of when yes means yes. Uh, last week I talked about the importance of waiting. You know, we talked about how the disciples got together, and they saw Jesus come back from the grave, and he charged them. He said, I want you to go into all the world, make disciples. They've literally seen him come back to life, and they're excited. They're ready to go. But before he sends them, he says, but wait. I've got something for you. I want you to stop. I want you to sit here. And they sat for like 40 days before uh, they had that time in the, the, the upper room the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came down and gave them the power that they needed to continue to do what God had called them to do. Sometimes we get lost and we, we give up in the time of waiting. But when it comes to our commitment, especially to Christ, when it comes to the things that we've committed to, sometimes we've got to continue to push through. We've got to, we've got to figure out how to, how to walk through in a time of waiting. Today I want to take a next step from that. Uh, and I've titled this sermon, Run to win. Look at your neighbor and say, run to win. Run to win. 
So we got any Eagles fans here today? Okay, if we don't, Ed's, Ed's got enough for all of us. So, um, any, And we got a couple Chiefs fans? Uh, perfect, two of you. Okay, it sounds like the Eagles are going to win so far. Um, I'll tell you what, let me pray for us. I also want to pray for uh, the guys that are going to be playing here tonight. You know, all of us are going to get together and, and watch with our friends and family. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a pretty dangerous sport, so let's pray for these guys. Let's pray for the coaches. Let's pray for ourselves and uh, see what God's got in store. You guys ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the time that we get to come together as friends and family and, and fellowship and connect with one another here at Coastline. I thank you for the time that we're going to spend uh, during the chili cook-off uh, just having fun and razzing one another and having some delicious chilies. Um, I thank you for how you're continuing to build our community here in our church. God, I thank you for uh, football. I thank you for uh, today, that today is Super Bowl Sunday and we're going to be able to spend time with uh, our friends and families uh, later this evening watching uh, this game. These, this is time that many, many men have committed their lives to this, this very moment. I pray that you would keep them safe. I pray that in the midst of uh, the sport that they're having, that everyone would be safe, that uh, they would conduct themselves with sportsmanship, uh, and that this would be a, a good experience. I pray right now for this word you've given me. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon me and allow me to preach it better than what I've prepared or better than what I can. And I thank you so much, and I believe that the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so today is Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl 30, are we on 37? Is that what it is? 57. 57. Do the Roman numerals. That was not, I just tried to do regular math, right? Now we got like this, what's the one the kids are learning? It's simple math or smart math or some type of, they changed math. I didn't even know they changed math. I can't do math nowadays, but Roman numerals, I'm, that I really fail at. But we're on Super Bowl 57. We got two teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, coming together today to do battle with one another. This is probably over, over 100 people are going to be on uh, what's, what do you think the average football team is, Ed? How many people, how many teammates? 54, all right? So over 100 guys, they're going to be on this 100-yard football field today doing battle with one another to win the game. Now, this week, I'm sure that they've, they've prepped a ton, right? They've, they've gotten together, and they probably had team meetings upon team meetings. Uh, they've probably spent time working out right? Those guys, they, I mean, a lot of them look like me. We just commit ourselves to working out. Big guys, they, they've gotten together with their teams. They've built teams together. They have a plan. They, they know what they're going to do. They're going to get out there, and they're going to try to execute that plan. They've committed so much time this past week, but unfortunately, when it comes down to it, only one team is going to be the winner. Only one team is going to come away with that title, of 2023 Super Bowl 57 champions. I know Ed's hoping it's going to be the Eagles. Here's the thing, though. This commitment that they've, they've made, not, not even just today, not, not this week, not even this year, but for, for years, this has been something that has been, they've been preparing for, they've been putting work into to do. You know, we've got some uh, families in the church that are, uh, real big into like peewee football. And I see the time and effort and work that they put in to, to their kids to teach them this, this incredible sport. And a lot of these guys are going to be playing tonight. They started out in peewee. They went on to, to JV and a high school football and then to college football. And if you were to 
if you were to try, there's no way you could try to put a number on or the, the amount of commitment that they've put in to what's going to happen tonight. There's been years and decades of planning and preparation and practice, and it all comes down to tonight. These guys, they've, they've put in so much time. A lot of the guys that are going to be playing out there, they, they've put all the talent that they have together for this. They've given up of their time with their families. They've, they've given up of their, even their own finances trying to get to the different places to, 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 to work out or to, to learn the sport better. They've committed entirely to this. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's not going to be the people that have just the right plan that are going to win. It's not going to be the team that just has the right, the right plays. It's going to be the team that has committed the most. It's a team that has given up of themselves and, and has the right plan and put it in the right amount of time and has the passion to go out there and achieve what needs to happen today. And when I think of this, I think about even in our own lives that, that, that we are in a competition our own selves. The Bible says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in, in the spiritual realm. Every day we wake up, we, we have, there's another team, there's someone that's trying to come against what God would want us to have in our lives, the things that he would want us to do. And we should wake up each day and prepared to, to, to be committed enough to pursue the win. It reminds me of this verse uh, in, uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He was talking about the passion that they've got to live by, the way they've got to do life. He says, do you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Look at your neighbor and say, run to win. It says, all athletes are disciplined in the training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. You know, you think about the Super Bowl. It's an incredibly important game. But if I were to ask the layman who, who won the Super Bowl last year, there's a handful of people that could probably say it, but I don't know if the majority of people would. If I asked who won two years ago and three years ago, that number would drop drastically. They remember it. But that award, that, that, that winning just continues to fade away. But here Paul is talking about, he said, hey, when you wake up each day and you go through this race of life, he said, you're pursuing a prize that will never fade away. You're pursuing something that is, it's an eternal prize. He says, so commit to it. Run in such a way as to win. I know it's weird. Last week I talked about it. I said, you know, sometimes you, to, to, to seriously experience commitment, to be committed, you've got to sit and you've got to wait. But today I think for some of us, we need to turn off the weight and we need to, to run. We need to supercharge our own pursuit of what God has called us to. We've got to run to win. Now, all this, this commitment, it, it's got to stem out of faith, our trust and understanding of who God is, that he wants what's best for us, and that when we get up here and we say the best is yet to come, we don't say it in a, in a, in a way of hopefulness. We say it with faith because we know as we continue to pursue him, he's going to make it all work out. 
Faith is the key for how we run this race. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 to 7, it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Sounds a little bit like running, right? Anybody here played hide and seek? I remember playing it as a kid. Can you imagine what it would look like of us doing it as adults? Like, what about if I said we're going to play hide and seek right after the chili cook-off? One, I'm going to tell you, somebody's throwing up. Because after eating chili and then running, that's not, that's not my, that's, that didn't work for me. But he says, seek God. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And it goes on to this, it says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that, he never, that had never happened before. By his faith, he condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. I read that this past week and it reminded me of the story of Noah. Noah's, uh, that, that story's all the way back in the book of Genesis. This is the very first book of the Bible uh, the, the, the Israelites and Hebrews, they would refer to it as the Torah, the very first. This is a story of the beginning of existence. It talks about a man named Noah that we're going to read through a little bit of his story here today. But Noah had a very daunting task ahead of him. He had something come up that was bigger than what he, he thought he could probably do on his own. It was bigger than something that anyone had ever done before. He wasn't quite sure how he was going to make it happen. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked close in fellowship with God. So this was a guy that, that, that was very righteous. He was following God. He was obey, obeying whatever God would tell him to do. He was he was, had faith in his relationship, and it was one that he was constantly pursuing. Not just when he needed something. This was something that he lived it day in and day out. In verse 11, it says, Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I'll wipe them all out from the earth. Verse 14 says that God came to Noah and said, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then, they con then construct the decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long. 450 feet. How, how long is a football field? Like 300 plus, right? Is it 100 yards? 300 feet. So this is more than a football field. So make board, the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide. That's like seven stories. And 45, no, sorry, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. It's four stories. And leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. God tells Noah, hey, I want you to build me. This, this doesn't sound like a boat. This sounds like a ship. I've been on boats before. I got a boat. It's 17 feet long, not 450 feet. That's a big, 
That's like, that's a giant boat. Now, the crazy thing about this, though, is God tells him to do this. This is something that's never been done before. Noah never experienced a flood before. Noah didn't uh, have a reason to build a boat before. But God comes to him and tells him to do it. He gives him a little bit of a plan. I started to do some research, and they, uh, I, w- I was trying to figure out, like, how long this process took. And many theologians believe that this is something that would have taken something like 50 years to do. This is not something that was an easy task. This wasn't him and his buddies coming together and, like, putting, putting something together overnight. This is something that took commitment. But Noah didn't waver. He continued to pursue. Not that this puts it in perspective for you, but, um, you know, I've never built a boat before. Um, but I did have an experience this past Christmas uh, that was pretty intense. You know, my wife and I have this tradition where Christmas Eve, you know, we do dinner with everybody. We have a good time. We sit down on the couch. And then she wraps every present. I wrap her presents. That's it. But she won't let me touch the rest of them. I got these giant banana fingers. They just don't work well with wrapping. She wraps every present, and I watch Die Hard. I see, if, I see how long it takes me to get through all the Die Hards. Now, this is not a public announcement or, or declaration that the pastor of Coastline approves Die Hard movies. That's not it, okay? So I'm just being transparent. Now, the reason why I say, like, all the diehards is because notoriously what happens is Erica's like, Santa has brought something that he needs help getting built. You guys ever put anything together from Ikea before? That's terrible. This is worse. This past year, we got, Santa got some, he decided to have some company in China send over a flat-packed makeup desk that was like 600 pieces with instructions that are written in Chinese with very little pictures. And so I'm sitting there. I got through four Die Hard movies, dude, and I was like disheartened so bad. I'm like, there's like 300 pieces still sitting here on the floor. This is definitely a project where we end up with extra pieces. And you shouldn't. By the way, you guys, this is totally different off subject from the sermon. You guys ever notice, like, on those things that says, don't use a drill? How many of you guys, you just, like, throw that out? You're like, no, nah, dude, I'm using a drill for this. You can't stop me. I'm just going to do it. That's what happened. So I struggled through it, but I, I was there, and, and at some point, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not even halfway done. But I was like, you know what? I'm committed. I got to keep going. I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to do it. I did it because, obviously, the love I have for my children and the fear I have for my wife. <laughs> but, but I think that for some of us, some of us in this room, that maybe we're in the midst of a Noah situation. Maybe there's something that, that we feel like we're disheartened by or we felt like we were committed to at some point, but like, It's just gotten so hard. We're not sure how the next pieces get put together. I think about Noah, he didn't have, he probably didn't have the right tools to do this. This wasn't one of those things where like someone shipped him a package and he just had to assemble it. Him and his sons had to start cutting down trees. And every day they had to wake up 
and continue to pursue what God had told him to do. It, I'm sure it wasn't easy when his friends showed up and he's like, they're like, Noah, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, why don't you start with a canoe? There's no, there's no need for this. You're just wasting, wasting so much time. When I think about the story of Noah, I remember as a kid being so amazed by the ability to collect two of each kind of animal. But as an adult and as I look at this, I realize like that's, that wasn't even the hard part. The time it took, the passion it must have taken to continue to pursue, to be committed to what God had told him to do. That, that's the thing that took the most effort. I want to tell you, I feel like for some of us, you know, maybe you're sitting here today and when it comes to what's going on between you and your spouse, you just, you don't see how it's ever going to get fixed. You don't see how the pieces are going to be put together to make it happen. For some of you, you've, you've given up. And I want to challenge you to continue to pursue Continue to let your yes be yes. Continue to, to, to drive forward. Do what you said you were going to do, but do what God wants you to do. For some of us, this, the, 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 the thing that's keeping us from being able to experience what we need to next is, isn't about prayer. It's not about having God show up with this giant neon sign. It's a matter of running the race in a way that we say we want to win. It's about viewing the relationship with our spouse as in something like, you know what? Times are tough now. There's some things that we need to work on. Maybe there's some counseling that we need to go to. Maybe times aren't tough now. Maybe, maybe life's going good. I'm going to tell you right now, working on stuff while everything is good is the time to work on it. No one wants to be putting up hurricane shutters while the hurricane's happening. but for the time that it's gonna take as you go through this adventure with that person. Put some time in. Pursue God together. Run the race like you wanna win. When it comes to your job, maybe you're at a place where you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know if this is what I want. I feel like this is dead end. Work that job in a way as you want to win. Wake up each day and pursue it and say, you know what, God, I'm gonna work like I'm working for you. I think when Jesus was telling the disciples to go and make more disciples, it wasn't about going out and being on the street corner wearing the white shirt. I think it was going out and doing life in such a way where people knew something is different about you. And so maybe just the way that you work at the place that you're employed or the way you treat your employees, maybe that shares the love of Jesus. Run the race in a way that you want to win. 50 years, many parts, many pieces. I'm sure Noah got splinters and broke things and I don't know what a hammer and nail even looks like there, but I can barely work hammers now without hitting my thumbs and stuff. 
I'm sure he bled. I'm sure he cried. I'm sure there's times where his wife was like, what's, what's going on? I'm ready for the next step. He never quit. He kept running. When it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your finances, I think if we give it to him and pursue him, he's going to allow it to work out. I think even for us as a church, I'm reminded of during the story as we, as we wake up each Sunday and we have a crew of great people that set up church and stick around and tear it down. We've done it for five years now, 52 weeks a year. Was that like 250 times? I don't know what the Roman numeral for that is, but we continue to do it. Not knowing if in the next week God's got a different plan or in the next 10 years God's got a different plan. But it doesn't matter because it's about the pursuit. It's about us continuing to run the race as in a way that we want to win. So I want to challenge you for whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with. There's times where you need to wait. There's times where you need to pause and you need to stop. But there's also times that you need to kick it into high gear. And if you feel like you have opposition, I want to tell you, do not be surprised because you do. Because if you're going to pursue him, there's going to be something that opposes you from getting to where he wants you to get to. Continue to run. Continue to trust. Continue to have faith. It might take more time than what you think. Don't stop. played football in high school uh, for two years. I was terrible. I was, the wor- I was the worst. I was like third string. I played defense, which was like, I was like, the, uh, they call it nose position. It was like literally just come off and hit somebody. In one game, I remember something happened, and as I'm running, next thing you know, there's a football laying on the ground in front of me. I'm built much like I am right now. Stamina and speed, not my key points in life. That is not, no one to use those words to describe me. But I remember later on we watched game footage and it was slow-mo. And I was like, I felt like it was slow-mo then. I was running everything I had. Give it all I had. And it seemed like it took forever. But it worked out. For you, I wanna, I wanna tell you, it might seem like it was forever, or it's been forever. Keep running. Keep putting your faith in him and trusting that he has got a plan. Today, if you're um, dealing with something you feel like you're going through it alone, I wanna let you know that you're not. I'd love to be praying for you and whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're having worries and stresses about. I don't think we got a graphic for it, but um, you know, the church has a text-in number. It's uh, 386, which is the area code here for Volusia County. It's 386-200-9818. 386-200-9818. If you want to text that, it'll get to me. If you've got a prayer that you need help praying for, if there's something that you need to, to get off your chest, you can text that number and it'll get to me. And Eric and I will be praying for you. You don't have to go through what you're going through alone. Noah, he had his family around him. They helped support him. 
I'm gonna tell you, Coastline family, I, I'm part of your family too. I wanna help you out. But continue to run the race as in a way to win. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you know what we're struggling with. You know the things that you've put in front of us that are feel bigger than what we are. They are bigger. We're not meant to do it alone. And so we continue to have faith and trust and pursue you. God, I know that you can do greater things through us than what we can do in our own selves. And so I thank you for the opportunities you've given us to, to struggle through what we're struggling through, to fight through what we're fighting through, to pursue this, this big, huge thing that doesn't seem like we can do it alone. I thank you that as you step in, as you allow miracles to happen, as you give us the, the power and the courage and the energy to pursue, as we continue to put our faith in you, that it works out exactly the way that you would want it. I've got to pray right now that for those of us that are feeling discouraged, for those of us that are feeling overwhelmed, pray right now that we would release that to you. We would surrender what our plan is to live out your purpose. I thank you so much that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.